Instagram uh, and uh, Facebook as well. Uh, welcome everyone joining me on Instagram. How are you doing? So again, welcome to Tea Time History Chat Live. The, the incredible amount of letters that have newly been deciphered that belong to, to Mary, Queen of Scots. So her secret correspondence. We're going to that's what we're going to focus on today. So if you've heard about that story and um, I sort of looked at the news articles and thought there's got to be more to it than that well there is there's you can actually read the entire paper um it's 101 pages but um after this I will put the link in the show notes so that if you want to go and have a read of it yourself you can so as usual I'm streaming live on Instagram YouTube and Facebook Welcome everyone who's joining me live. Hello to everyone who is in the catch-up crew who get this at a later time and also of course if you're listening on the podcast. So maybe you need to catch up sometimes and you get live sometimes and maybe you prefer to grab it as a podcast. So I'm trying to put it out as all of these different things so that you can pick and choose what suits you um, at the time. Uh, Mr. Nami, want to hear more about Robert the Bruce? Go back onto history.after.dark and have a look at our um, not too long ago actually episode on Robert the Bruce. Um, we have just done that. Um, hi Joanne, I can see Joanne. Hi Alisara over there in Mexico. How is everybody? We've making it, we've made it to the mid mid-February. Um, so we're all right, <laughs> we're doing okay. Um So, yeah, so for those of you who've just joined us, like I say, we're going to be focusing on these newly deciphered newsletter newsletters, (laughs) letters from Mary, Queen of Scots. Um, And yeah, before I so before I get on to that, um, good morning, Cindy. How are you doing? I wanted to show you what you your the wonderful people who have been supporting me either on Patreon, um, and um here with badges so on instagram you can buy badges on youtube you can do super chats and on facebook you can do stars and i think you can do stars whether this is live or not i might have that wrong everything else is um when it's live um calm hobbs one two three bought a badge thank you let me show you what what your um pledges and everything are going towards um i have bought myself some rinky dink new piece of tech um so basically wireless mics and i have two mics this one's got its little furry thing on so that i can go now and do my interviews much much easier um if they're you know obviously in-person interviews starting this friday i am going to worcester Ar- worcester cathedral excuse me archives Um, their library there at the cathedral I mean the abbey that was there before is one of the oldest in the country so um, I'm going to get to see some fabulous things record the podcast um, obviously also get it ready so that it goes onto YouTube as well but I just wanted to say a big thank you to everyone who buys badges everyone who buys super chats and stars on Facebook this is this is the stuff you're allowing me to get Um, yes Brian I also hope they work okay for me I've been doing um a lot of testing and I still feel like I want to do some more testing before I <laughs> before I'm let loose on Friday with them because anyone who's uh, anyone of you who's ever done any recording filming interviewing the absolute worst thing is when the something happens and the audio or the visual doesn't something 
Oh. So my podcast, um, Brian asked, so if you go to my Substack, which is philippab.substack.com, you can find the podcast there. It is on Apple and Spotify and quite a few of the other platforms. It's called British History, but that actually doesn't make it that easy to find, it turns out, because there's others that anything to do with British or history also comes up if you do that search you might be able to search on my name actually that might be an easier way to do it the uh the old series is still on there the old channel is still on there um so you're looking for the one that has my face on it and it says British history and it's got a union jack if you want to go find it hi Colleen just seen Colleen Colleen's a patron um and yeah so um let's get into this before I do actually because Colleen's just reminded me hi Monica ciao um team Colleen has just reminded me I must give a shout out to Chris Robin and Janet who have all become patrons this week and actually it would be remiss of me to not tell you that patrons and anyone who becomes a patron it will have exclusive access to the Anne Boleyn tour tickets for 2024 for seven days so to uh, not tomorrow, today, after I finish this live, I'll be sending out information to patrons um, on my Patreon site with the link to book the Anne Boleyn Tour May 2024. It's fully booked for this year, so I'm putting next year's on sale now. Um, and so patrons will have seven days to book, which the, the advantage of that is this tour tends to book out. And also we have added extras like room upgrades. I only have a limited number I can offer. And so um, obviously if you'll get early access to tickets, you get early access to those options as well. So there you go. Anyway, that's that's that. So that so you new new patrons, anyone who's interested in doing that, go to patreon.com forward slash British history. Now, shall we get into this? Now, I printed off um, a extract of, of the 101 page paper uh into uh these mary queen of scots letters that have been deciphered um the article is by george lasry norbert beerman and satoshi tomikio so i must obviously give them a shout out first um it's 101 pages long so i've done a little bit of the reading well, i've done the reading for you can't say I read all 101 pages what they've included in the report in the paper actually is a synopsis of every letter that they have um translated deciphered and translated in French and some they've actually given the entirety of the letter so that 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 makes up a big bulk of um of the report now there's a few, oh, there's so much. Honestly, this is fascinating. First thing to say is they did not know there were Mary Queen of Scots letters before they deciphered them. So there is an ongoing effort to decipher um, these um, obviously coded letters, um, so that they. This is layman's terms, but I think so that they can be catalogued properly. These these letters can't be catalogued or these documents can't be catalogued whilst they're in cipher because no one knows what they are. <laughs> no one knows what they are. So it's only after deciphering, um, I imagine a, a bulk of the letters because there's actually 55 in total that they've done. So at some point during that process, realised that these were the letters of Mary, Queen of Scots. 
they've really helpfully so they're, they're between um mary queen of scots and most of them uh, bar i think three to um the french ambassador uh castle now and castle no castle now oh, i so wish i did french at school sometimes right not to bore you with with graphical information but but i'm gonna the black is previously known letters and the grey are the letters that they have um, newly deciphered. So, uh, so these are previously unknown ones. So they have increased the number of letters that we know of or have access to, should I say, from Mary Queen of Scots by almost, almost double, I think. So isn't that incredible? And again, go back to the fact that they didn't know that these were Mary Queen of Scots letters when they started, um, when they started decrypting them. What it does show is that there is um, that that Mary's um, uh, secret, secure um, communication routes were up and working earlier, potentially than we knew before. Or it's evidence that they they um, that they did exist. One of the previous theories was that the, the reason there's no letters from these particular time periods or very few was that they were so secure that um, that they were never found. So, excuse me, just having a sip of my tea. Um, and I'm going to take you through just some of the things that are in these letters in a um, in a moment. There's a few things that come out which are very interesting. Um, some of the main themes um, in the letters from Mary to uh, to the French ambassador. Um, she's clearly well. So she's obviously always interested in politics. We know Mary Queen of Scots was. She she remained um, active actually in trying to influence French English Scottish Spanish relations, and there's a few so there's a few recurring themes. One is Elizabeth's potential marriage to the Duke of Anjou, uh, her Mary's previous uh, brother-in-law, of course. Another one is her concern over where she's being kept most of these letters come from Sheffield I was really hoping for Tutbury I was really hoping for Tutbury maybe there's some more out there because of course Tutbury Castle is um it's actually somewhere that we go on the Elizabeth I and Mary Queen of Scots tour in September but um anyway so uh so she, she talks about um uh where she's being kept she talks about James her son um so he he's abducted at one point during this period, and of course she's concerned for his safety. She is trying to influence, like I said a short while ago, international politics, um, and always going on. I say always, bringing up often the succession to England, um, and also something that comes out of it is she really didn't like Robert Dudley. She did not trust him. She did not like him. Um, and that comes out as well. So um, the periods of the letters. So this is something. This So this is giving us more letters. Thank you, Louise. 
um d1969 for the badge very much appreciated louise is helping me pay off my microphones <laughs> um she so yeah so she 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 speaks about robert Lee. um Sorry, that wasn't what I was going to say, was it? It was the um, the time period. So there's some main time periods that, that go back to 1576. Um, and there's a few things that are telling, not just about the letters, which I will get to, um, which, I fa- but, which I found interesting, like h- how these routes were set up. You, know, you think of someone sending a letter to someone sending a letter, but this is secret communication. This is cipher communication that went alongside the official route for letters, which was um, which was overseen by Walsingham, Francis Walsingham, Elizabeth I's sort of spy master. Um, so there are points where Mary has to think what she's written in one letter and make sure that she maybe does refer to it in the official uh, letters that she knows are going to be read because it would be really weird if she hasn't mentioned something that's going on. So do you see? So she has to remember. Um, um, Now, so the first period is 1576 to 1579. And in 1578, Mary's complaining that there aren't many letters that have come through. Um, in like the the past eight months, and this just shows sort of the delicacy with um, with which these these roots um, can show, uh, because it's reliant on a number of people knowing what's happening and doing their bit, not getting caught, and not having um, the letters removed. So you might actually. Uh, so they, they found at times that maybe the letters there was a few that had been collected and might all come sort of because they couldn't do the next stage of whatever the journey was with the letter um so there's not many between the 1576 to 1579 period 1580 to 1581 11 letters um so and there's already that was 11 newly found letters and four that adds to four that were already known so just the um sheer number of letters that mary is writing is coming out from from this research um because then the next period 1582 to just the middle of 1583 there's 29 newly deciphered letters um which i just had not i suppose uh even thought about the how many letters there was and it, to me it surely there's there's with the more the letter more letters more um risk of being found out one being read etc so clean oh mary yeah you can imagine it's like another another thing of course she didn't write these aren't in her handwriting apparently so someone would have ciphered them for her so who does that we don't know um so then we have um, the middle of 1583 to 1584. And this is when actually Walsingham begins to um, be able to um, to, to inter, intercede, or well, not intercede, um, but he's basically got, he's got a mole in the French embassy, um, a spy. So he starts to be able to, um, to see what is being sent um and then the period that follows the throckmorton plot 
1586. So there's no new letters, I think, in that period. But because all of those are known, presumably because they all end up um, with Walsingham. So that is, so there's now 99 letters of Mary's known about, or, or not, sorry, I keep saying known about, because there's, there's records of references to letters that may not have been found yet, but 99 letters from Mary. And they've added, um, these are from Mary to Castle, now 45 of that 99. And it's 55 letters in total that they have um, deciphered. Isn't that incredible? And, and nowadays, it's I think computer systems and you know clever tech as to how to do it. But still, I'm like wow. And I keep going back to this, but I love the I love the fact that they were going for it without knowing what these letters were. They did not know that they were Mary's letters when they set out on this um, on this uh, endeavor. So. Um, you can see through them that um, that Mary is hopeful of release. She does think. Remember, Mary Mary went to England. She escaped to England thinking that she would get the support of Elizabeth, that she would be able to raise an army, and that she would turn straight back pretty much and retake her throne because she'd abdicated in favour of her son, but through basically violent pressure so um when she gets to england though she is pretty soon put under a light but firm house arrest and then spends two uh sort of 19 years till the end of her life um colleen do you think mary knew the contents of the letters so mary these would have been mary's letters they are mary's voice oh elizabeth know the the um the content so uh in we, I, I don't suppose um we we know obviously one the ones that that um walsingham uncovered were uh were known to elizabeth of course but i imagine no not all of these because they so cl- clearly quite a few were kept secret even though walsingham probably knew there was something going on he needed to, to so that at one point when he gets the mole into the French embassy is when they actually um, can start to see what's going on, literally. Um, so let me see what else was there. Um, like I say, the, the report is available. The paper is available. You can read it on um, online and I will put the link to it in the show notes after this. Um, let me pick out a few things because these are, um, like I said, most of the letters are from Mary when she's in uh, captivity at Sheffield and she was um, under the, um, uh, what, do you, what do you call it, that she was being looked after um, um, by the Earl of Shrewsbury, uh, who was married to who we know as Bess of Hardwick. So the Countess of Shrewsbury was um, was also um, with Mary a lot. Um, and Mary seems incredibly... Um, so Mary was communicating with um, the French ambassador to the English court. 
Um, Celia's going to be in London on 15th of May. So, ooh, very good. Well done. How long are you? Well done. Sorry. Well done. How long are you here for? So uh, we start the Anne Boleyn tour on the 16th of May this year, going to the 20th of May. So we may well cross paths. Um, so, yeah, so, so, so Mary's, Mary's um, uh, communicating with Castlener, the, uh, the French ambassador to the English court. Um, and uh, so this one's this one I find interesting. So the, uh, this one is written 12th of June, 1578. Um, many thanks Castlenau for interceding. Sorry, Mary thanks Castlenau for interceding with the Queen on behalf of the French envoy and for mitigating the Queen's bursts of anger against Mary. Um, um, and she also thanks him for his good services with the Earl of Leicester, Lord Burley, Cecil, Walsingham and Wilson. Don't know who Wilson is. Um, she talks about the Earl of Leicester was at Sheffield, which is where she's been kept. But her captivity conditions have worsened instead of being improved like she was told. Um, and she fears that she will again be transferred, which indeed she was. Um, and she thinks that the... the the um activities in ireland so um ireland remains more catholic that the activities there are going to affect her uh, or going to be used as an excuse to move her to away from the earl of shrewsbury and best of well, we know as best of hardwick um where she's um not comfortable at all but it's better than she knows it could be i suppose and she's concerned about being moved um and that she is not happy with the plans of the Duke of Anjou. Um, and it, it, so she talks a lot about Elizabeth's um, um, uh, yeah, potential marriage to the Duke of Anjou, which is, which is um, just an interesting um, uh, take. Um, so let's have a look at some more. We have 1579 in November. Um, she asks, so Mary asks Castle now to try and convince the Queen that she has no one in her realm better to rely upon than Mary um, and that Mary has no interest in losing the Queen's goodwill. So remember, these are secret letters. So she's, she's trying to get the ambassador to intercede on her behalf. She could send, maybe she did as well, um, you'd have, there'd have to be some analysis of what was going through the official channels and what was going through the secret channels to see whether she was trying to directly influence Elizabeth um and um yes what else um <clears throat> oh yes yeah. so January 1580 Mary has learned that the Earl of Leicester has been selling his properties some think he may retire if the marriage takes place that's the marriage of Elizabeth to the Duke of Anjou so that that is that is interesting I'd not heard of that before so Mary clearly thinks that should Elizabeth go through with the marriage to the Duke of Anjou, Robert Dudley, Earl of Leicester, is thinking of retiring from court. Um, so, um, so um, and then it goes on to say a bit later on, the Earl of Leicester told Mary that she owes him her life as the Queen once wanted her dead. Uh, but she also complains that she was sent an apothecary, but worse, which worsened her condition. 
So she's struggling with health at this point and the apothecary that was sent to her, she thinks is making her worse. So um, I did an interview with Leslie Smith at Tut- from Tutbury Castle, one of um, four times prison for Mary Queen of Scots. And she has an incredible um, amount of knowledge about Mary's captivity. In fact, she is she is giving an audience as Mary Queen of Scots um, when we go to Tutbury in September on the Elizabeth I and Mary Queen of Scots tour. And it's re- I've seen her do it once before and it's really, I don't know, emotionally invoking because she basically what she can do is bring Mary alive as a, a, a life. She can bring her over to you as a real person. Um, and she, when I was interviewing Leslie about it specifically, she said the way she put it was Elizabeth may not have wanted to kill Mary. We know that when Elizabeth procrastinates for a very long time about signing the death warrant of Elizabeth, of, excuse me, of Mary, um, and then is outraged supposedly after the fact that she has been executed. And this plays on her mind right up to her own deathbed. However, not wanting her, not wanting to kill her is different from wanting her dead. And the conditions that, that Mary is kept in, the fact that she's mentioning in one of these letters that she feels worse after being sent um, an apothecary to try and help her. Um, I don't know, is that evidence that, certainly I think the bad conditions that Mary is kept in is evidence that Elizabeth, you know, just oh, she caught something and died. Oh dear! Um, but then you think if an apothecary has been sent to to try and help her, was was there anything nefarious in that? Um, <clears throat> Mary, uh, in one letter, what date are we on now? I hope you find this interesting, people. Like I say, I will put the um, the, the the link to the full. Uh, paper about how they've deciphered Mary Queen of Scots letters it has all of the letters uh, in there in some way shape or form whether that's a summary or a full translation so you can see all of that um, and a bit of background and also they suggest further research which I always think is very interesting so 1580 in January Mary is asking um, the, the French ambassador Castlenau to find out who has convinced the Queen to have her letters to him opened in the Privy Council. Um, so, yeah. Um, sorry, I'm just reading other some of the comments. Thank you for commenting, by the way. I, I am reading it, even if I don't re- reference to you. I, I promise I'm, I'm, I'm keeping an eye. Um, uh, Anne Davis says that Leslie Smith is fantastic as Mary Anne Elizabeth. Yeah. So, oh, I had, you had your hen do at Tutbury Castle. That's amazing. <laughs> that's fantastic well actually on the elizabeth and mary tour she's elizabeth she's doing an audience with elizabeth the previous day at harvington hall for us where we're there we have it all to ourselves we have tutbury to ourselves actually we have harvington to ourselves we have lord leicester to ourselves um by the way that tour is not running again well i have no plans to run that tour again in the near future so if you are thinking of it have a look on the website, britishhistorytours.com. You can also follow the link direct to the tour from the link in my, not that she ever officially said it, uh, but her rival. 
And there's lots of other things going on, of course. There's the, there's the Catholic faction, um, the excommunication of Elizabeth in 1570. Um, must have been physically and mentally one of the strongest people that... It, yeah, physically, she must have been, I think, mentally. Now, she was not without her health concerns. And, in fact, her health got just worse and worse and worse and worse but the 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 fact she survived at all uh, I think is is testament to that strength her mental strength her tenacity and her and her physical strength um sorry back to the letters so so she so in the um so at the beginning of 1570, she's um she's inquiring as to who I think it was of 18 months wasn't it with 29 um newly discovered letters i think it was either way it shows just she was writing an incredible volume and she talks in this um one in uh, on the 20th of january 1570 um um about the um the forthcoming arrival of the duke of anjou um and she tells um castle now to please uh, advise the duke not to persist in the request that he is said to have made for the rehabilitation of the Earl of Leicester. Mary does not like Robert Dudley, Earl of Leicester. That comes through clearly in her letter. She doesn't trust him. She doesn't like him. She thinks he's manipulative. Um, and and she's warning her ex-brother-in-law against uh, sort of relying on him for anything. Um, because there's another letter in February 1540 um, that, um, oh, let's, let's do this one. So Mary informs um, Castanel that the Earl of Shrewsbury is sick. Remember, she, she quite, so Earl of Shrewsbury is a, uh, what, what would the right word be? It's not a nice jailer, but he's, he's, um, he's not making life too difficult for her. Um, but she talks here. So we're now February 15th, 20th, February, 1580. There or thereabouts that the Elizabeth Anjou marriage project, as she calls it, seems to be postponed or uncertain, calling down, cooling down those who supported the Duke of Anjou. Um, so that's interesting, isn't it? Um, Maria, I guess when jailed, you've not got anything better to do. So she would have been a prolific letter writer yes and she's writing remember through the official communication channels and the secret communication channels to remember so she's she's having to remember what she said in in the official one or or the other one to make sure she does or doesn't put something it's probably quite clear what you don't put in the official one but what she um might miss out uh it would be suspect if she doesn't put something in about something that's happening um, because she's actually covered it in the secret, um, the secret one. So um, uh, she talks about the Earl of Leicester, Robert Dudley openly working against France um, and goes on about rumours. She seems incredibly well-informed actually. She's either, a gossip and it comes from nothing or she's quite well informed maybe a bit of both um by september 1580 she is fearing that she's going to be moved from 
Sheffield. That was um, um, something that she had fear. She was fearful of earlier on as well. Um, and she's still remaining in politics. She's fearing that France is neglecting Scottish affairs because of the marriage negotiations. Um, and that James, her son, might therefore go down a different route to where she was trying to go and their predecessors. Um, so there's, oh, honestly, it's it's brilliant. So um, one thing that this does show is that there, there, the, the communication channels that Mary could use were actually in place from as early as May 1578, in place and um, secure and, and she was... Um, she was able to use them um, confidently. Um, there were also many, or uh, there's more than one channel at any one time, you know, working in parallel. Um, like I said, this official one and and the secret one. Um and I, I said as well, she she might end up. She 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 complains in um, in was it fifteen eighty five? I can't remember. But she complains at one point eighty four. I think that she hasn't received a letter for the last few months, eight months or so. And if if the letters are um, compromised or the fear that going to be compromised, they were being sort of kept back. So she doesn't know whether she's not receiving a letter because she wants uh, because there's no one sending one presumably she knows that's not the case or um have they been intercepted have they been found out um now she was getting visitors at the time as well so you've got the start of some of the routes from people who were coming to visit her um that was um allowed to begin with but then not always depending on what else was going on and in 15 because in 1581 we talked about mary's health earlier she's requesting physicians and that's completely frowned upon um because she's just being suspected of trying to set up a new um communication channel um and then after 1585 she's in the custody of um sir paulette amius paulette um and he finds out that previous um, communication channels might have been through laundry maids or um, coachmen. And so he he gets very, very strict. So that's the thing. The Earl of Shrewsbury, it wasn't that Mary had a particularly comfortable time with him, but he wasn't as strict as um, as as, as uh, her next jailer, 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 Sir Amius Paulette. Um, so I'm sure there was something else that I wanted to... Um... Oh, the other thing as well is the, the lines of communication might be several people long. There's quite a lot of people involved. And so in one way, it's amazing that they were they were kept secret for so long. Um, um, but I wanted to talk about the, um, the Throckmorton um, plot a little bit. So you have in the middle of 1583... Walsingham, Elizabeth I's spymaster, Francis Walsingham, was finally able to infiltrate 
the um the this this secret communication channel that he knew existed i mean logically you know he, he would have known it would was going to exist but he hadn't been able to to yeah infiltrate it um and he did that by recruiting a spy in in the french embassy and if you've ever seen the film bill it's the, the portrayal of walsingham in that it's the um the horrible histories crew did a film called bill and it's supposed to be shakespeare's lost years so of course they could do with it what they will what they wanted to and walsingham appears in that it's hilarious honestly if you can find it watch that it's called bill um now one of um uh Cassinel's secretaries um had contacts in london uh, sorry was a contact with uh was in contact with francis throckmorton um but uh, so Throckmorton became um, sort of a, a carrier, and, and but of course he was arrested in November 1583 for the uh, for the the plot to um, to replace Elizabeth, and um, it's um, it, it, so it's it's yeah uh, incredible. Um, so the um, she she talks about. So after the the discovery of the Throckmorton plot, Mary talks about the discovery of all my contacts who've ever frequented my house. They they seem to work out that the spy was in in um, Castlenau's embassy, and um, so at this point they don't know how much has been seen um, and 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 etc. So, you know how much actually has has been. Um, um, been seen but they have to every time there's a breakdown in the in the secret communication channels they have to build another one um what else was there? there's code names oh okay one last thing about this that i want to tell you about that i, I thought was very interesting in her letters so there's a letter in april um 1582 um and it's talking about that this part of the paper is talking about how she uses code names and aliases, of course, as opposed to um, it's already all in cipher. But then there's a code name or alias for people that they're talking about. Um, now, the Throckmorton plot would have married Mary to the Duke of Norfolk. Um, and in this letter on the 27th of April, 1582, Mary um so this is the uh, the alias that Mary is using um, for the. Um, so she, she's 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 talking to Henry um, Howard, who is um, the brother of the Duke that she would have married, and she calls um, the sons of Norfolk her children. Um, which I thought was a bit telling. Um, yeah, so it is not just a sort of matter of interest that these letters have been found you know like the the necklace last last week is um it's it's amazing and it's got i'm sure it's got brilliant stories to tell but this is 50,000 words of mary 50,000 of mary queen of scots words now available to read and decipher that was the wrong word should I shouldn't use that should I because we're talking about literally coded letters um but to read and digest and um you know so I will be spending a lot more time with these with these letters um looking through them I'm incredibly interested in her um her health I'm incredibly interested in her attitude towards the um 
the Earl of Leicester. I'm incredibly interested about um, the seriousness with which the potential marriage between Elizabeth and the Duke of Anjou was being taken. Um, yeah, so there we go. So I will put, like I say, I will put the link to that article. It was written by uh, an, um, George George Lazary, Norbert Beerman, and Satoshi Tomokoyo. Um So it's there. So you can, um, let me just say to Lisa, the uh, the paper that I will, uh, it's, it's, it's free to access at the moment anyway, um, and it's 101 pages long, but um, it's there. It's there. I have had a lovely morning, you know, other than, other than reading about that, I have just been talking to, um, yeah, Irish Birdie, the, the possibilities are endless. It's amazing. What they're saying as well, when they're doing recommend, recommendations on, in that paper for further work, obviously there's just looking at the letters. Um, but anyone who didn't, um, wasn't here at the beginning of me talking about this, they, these letters um, that, the, that this project has deciphered, they didn't know there were Mary's letters before they deciphered them. They had to be deciphered. They're in code. They had to be deciphered before they knew they were Mary, Mary's letters. So, um, but there's lots of um, just looking at them, taking what the, or understanding, um, I suppose, making assumptions, but um, information from them, what was going on in Mary's, uh, Mary's life, what was going on around that time at court. Oh, I think there's going to be lots, 50,000 of Mary's words that we didn't weren't able to read before and now readable fabulous anyway I was talking about this morning as well now wasn't I I have just finished um uh, an interview with uh Deb Royal from Tudor Places now I don't know if any of you have her magazine these these are the four issues that are so far tell you what they're great I'm keeping all of mine they're so good and I, I thought I want to get Deb on and ask her about how she set up a magazine um, and just w- what's in there and how did it, it why, why, I don't know, why are we so fascinated by the Tudor places and how has she taken that and made it into a magazine? It's such a brilliant magazine. Any one of you who is um, a patron of mine on patreon.com forward slash British history um, can get a 10% discount, permanent 10% discount on Tudor places magazine. So, um, uh, Colleen, because you're a patron, aren't you? So if you go to Patreon, I will repin it to the top. But there is a post on there. Or I might put another one out, actually, with the code. Um, What else have we got going on here? Irish Birdie, what will we find out? Was Margaret Lennox communicating with her? What did Mary think of her? Yes, the majority of the letters, like I say, are from Mary to the um, French ambassador. Um, I can't remember now. I won't bore you while I try and find it. There was about 10 that were, I think, to another two different people. So and you would probably have to make inference from, I mean, I don't know. I've not read all of the letters yet. You Maybe inference from then who else she's in contact with. Um, yes. So, um, yeah. Uh, oh, Marie, the, so issue four, um, 
yeah okay yes email deb it's probably because the royal mail decided for four weeks not to post internationally um cl llewellyn went to the mary rose at the weekend was incredible thank you for the recommendation you are more than welcome i bet i i'm i used to go down every year and then the the pandemic's kind of got in the way of like you know when you have routines and that's one I've not quite got back yet, but I'm so I I miss I miss the Mary Rose. It's such an incredible place to go to. Um, the uh, so I will release the interview with um, Deb Royle uh, probably weekend after next. Did you catch yet the uh, interview I did with Dr. Susie Edge um, about? I I just had to go there. She's written a book about how all of our all the british monarchs have died um english and then subsequently british monarchs have died and um actually not just the monarchs so princess charlotte is in there um who else is in there there's other people who didn't quite make it to the to the throne are in there as well and i wanted yes irish bed you do need to get yourself on patreon that would be fabulous come along because of course we also have book club i'll talk about that in a moment um and um uh i've forgotten where i was sorry i was so distracted by that um yeah someone remind me i don't know in the meantime if you get onto patreon soon you won't be very far behind we are currently there we are reading this book you can see all my notes blank on there we go i'm back um uh, on the Titanic. So it's called The Ship of Dreams, The Sinking of the Titanic and the End of the Edwardian Era. This is the book we're reading in book club at the moment. Um, it's got a different cover if you're abroad. I'm not sure if this is just the UK cover. Um, and uh, yeah, we're meeting on the 19th of March. So Linda hopefully will be there and Colleen. That's it. Monarch's death. Thank you. So Susie so this book and it actually what what because Susie is a medical doctor I should say turned historian and she talks about the physiological aspects of the deaths uh, or injuries that led to deaths or whatever so I had to ask some of the questions that I'd been dying to ask but that I know Marie Marie can't get the hardback oh We'll have to keep an eye out for, for one. And then you can come over and that might be cheaper. And I'll give you the book. That might be cheaper than having it posted to you at the moment. Um, and yeah, the physio. So I had to ask about torture. I, I ha- <laughs> Not just, actually not torture as much as uh, I wanted to ask about being hung, drawn and quartered. I wanted to ask about being burnt at the stake. These things that we not flippantly refer to but we talk about them quite a lot in in Tudor history and medieval history um because they were done but they're in the stories that we talk about um well actually medieval also Stuart history um you know the the regicides when Charles II had them executed were hung drawn and quartered um and there's supposed to be you know there's there's um uh symbolism in each stage i don't know i still think it was just basically a way of being very very cruel but i had to ask i had to ask you know how does the body deal with 
going through that ordeal because to me how does somebody not does somebody not just die from the very beginning so anyway I asked all those questions and that is in the interview with Dr Susie Edge as well as treatments I wanted to ask about why when to my mind it seems pretty obvious and this is this is not I don't know maybe this is because you know we, we're modern and we think oh leeches and bleeding and that must just be awful um anyway we talked about so things like that that were actually given as treatments and how they may or may not have um hastened the death especially what the bit about um Charles II I won't spoil it for you um is um a bit dark humor in there not from us really maybe but um yeah so listen to that that's already on um on youtube um yeah so um i know think about that for a second the human body going through torture very fascinating it's um i think it's just something that as people who you know we we're into history we talk about history i do feel like it's not um voyeuristic to kind of uh weird for want of a better word to to actually understand what was going on because we talk about it um lisa maggots and leeches are making a comeback in modern medicine i knew maggots actually maggots have been used for wound um healing for a while haven't they um (laughs) maria i love you and i'll be even more in awe of you if you manage to track one down i'm turning into it i'm in a river sifting for gold and all i can find is coal situation <laughs> oh dear um yeah jenna like shock where's the shock when someone's being going through these ordeals um colleen hopefully the shock numbed the brain yeah i think that's pretty much where me and susie got to was we just hope in our brains in our minds we want to think that something something turn them off to it fairly quickly to the to the to what was happening um so oh. i'll tell you in a moment actually about um yeah Irish betty i hope so too uh i'll tell you in a minute what we're doing on history after dark later if you if you haven't come across history after dark yet it's a show that i do on a wednesday evening at 8 15 uk time 8.15pm UK time with Dr. Kat Marchant, who's uh, reading the past on YouTube, and um, Catherine Brooks, who's a historical collaborator. And we do this. Um, uh, so Irish Birdie, come and watch the video anyway. It's on my YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, which you can find a link to in my bio from Instagram. You should be able to anyway. Tell me if, tell me if you can't, because it should be there. Um, and... Um, yeah, so um sorry, Maria. We'll go we'll go through it later. <laughs> Watch the um so oh yeah, sorry. So um uh had later, history after dark later. We we do get a little bit sweary sometimes. I'm not sure I do actually. But anyway, it's fun. It's very very fun. It is oh Irish Bailey says I highly recommend History After Dark Wednesday. It's brilliant and hilarious. We do um, we do let our hair down in History After Dark. So I'll let you know in a moment what we're covering tonight. It's juicy tonight. We're in the middle, not middle, we're at the beginning still of our Deceased Gits series. So we're looking at um, basically uh, 
a load of different people and we're now ranking them. Uh, they get a score for how much of a git they were. And if you need to look look at what that is, well, I, actually I put on, um, I, we, we stream it on Instagram and YouTube and I put, because um, I can on YouTube, I put the actual definition of what a git is. Um, hi, Chelsea. Hi, Bet. Um, and uh, is that Gemma? And uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, rewatched the live. I was oh busy listing, <laughs> lasting after the whole but So uh, also, there's a um, an interview I did a while ago. I will mention this because it's coming up now. Uh, people are watching it a lot. Um, uh, Genesis, if you can handle any TV show on Netflix, you can handle Had. Yeah, we're not that. Yeah, we're not that bad. We're not that bad. It's it's British humour. So if you like British humour um come for that but anyway yeah I'll tell you more about that later I want to just let you know or mention an interview I did probably about a year ago maybe a little bit more actually with Heather Darcy about the Anne of Cleves marriage Henry VIII and Anne of Cleves marriage she's done a lot of um look research into that from the German um records so it's very insightful and she puts it she puts the marriage into more of a European context, which seems to shed new light on it. And that interview is suddenly, even though it's been up for months and months and months, is doing um, uh, doing really well. So I just thought I mentioned that because it's clearly pricking people's interest. So it might be one that you would like to go back and have a look at as well. Irish Birdie, you guys are getting more and more viewers. We are on History After Dark. Yes, it's fabulous. It's fabulous. Um. Okay, so last thing I'm going to do is, oh no, actually, uh, let me tell you. So I've mentioned I'm going to Worcester Archives um, at the end of the week because I anyone who wasn't here earlier, again, this is what your badges, if you're on Instagram, um, Super Chats on YouTube or Stars on Facebook, this is what they're going towards. I've bought myself some mics. Um, there's actually two so that when I'm interviewing people, um, I can do that easily. It means that I can go out and do more on-site interviews. First one, like I say, is going to be Worcester on um, Friday. I'm getting in the I'm getting in the archives. The archives at Worcester Cathedral. So I say Worcester, Worcester Cathedral specifically, um, is. Uh, the archives it has well among among many other things I can't wait to see um, the will of King John. So King John, bad King John, is buried at Worcester because he asked to be. It was in his will, and they have a copy, or they have the they have the will. So um, yeah, so I'm um, I'm going there on Friday. I'm also going down to Hever Castle at the beginning of next week. So by the time I see you next week, I will have been to Worcester Archive, Worcester Cathedral. I keep saying archives and Hever Castle. Um, I'm actually down at Hever Castle sorting out arrangements for. We're, we're doing three tours, and they all uh, at some point uh, are at Hever Castle, staying at Hever Castle. So I'm down there doing all of the arrangements in person for that. And of course, while I'm there. Um, I'm I'm seeing I'm actually very lucky because I'm seeing Kate McCaffrey and Owen Emerson and they're taking me around the Catherine and Anne exhibition exhibition excuse me that is on at Hever this year so I'll be able to tell you lots about that next week um so I will let you know what we're doing in history of talk in a minute last thing I want to mention is if you want to do the Anne Boleyn tour um you yeah Irish birdie watch out Lord King to cheer yeah 
Watch out. Outlaw King and um, what's the other one I keep going on about? Uh, Last Kingdom, which is Anglo-Saxon history. Pretend that you're trying to educate yourself and just just watch it. You'll you'll thank me. Colleen, it is a new exhibit. It is a new exhibit. It's the 2023 exhibit at Hever on Catherine and Anne. And um, I did... Um, an interview with Kate McCaffrey actually a few months ago, um, which is on which is on YouTube, and they have um, so Kate McCaffrey did um, research into the printed and of uh, sorry printed book of hours that Anne Boleyn owned. There's two books of hours at Hever. One's a printed, one's a handwritten version. Um, and the printed version, there, I think during her research, she came across the fact that there was actually the same book although it's it's personalized that belonged to Catherine of Aragon and that's normally in um in you tell me and I'll tell you is it in the Metropolitan it's in a it's in a um it's it's normally kept in a in a, a museum in um in America somewhere in New York I think so they're now being exhibited together these books may have been used together Catherine and Anne may well have been using the books Morgan Library thank you Jenna um, may have been using these books together um don't know but now they're back together for for this year for this ex exhibition so um yes yeah, so I'm going to have gone and seen that by the time I see you here again um if you want to do the Anne Boleyn tour in May it's it's the tour we do that looks at Anne's story we go to we have the whole day at Hever Castle um where you can where we stay at Hever Castle uh, the entire time we um we spend a day at Hever dressing as Tudor royalty which Linda did when she was with us this May um we go up to um to St Thomas's church if people want to um to have a look at where Thomas Boleyn um is buried and where the Boleyns would have um would have uh, worshipped um we have dinner in the great hall we have a hidden Hever tour we have talks so this year we're having talks from Dr. Jonathan Foyle, Tracy Borman and obviously Gareth. Um, next year, May 2024, Tracy Borman is already uh, confirmed and Gareth is already confirmed. So and I have a, a couple of other people I'm asking, which I can let you know when that when they're confirmed. If you want to do the Amberlin tour in May 2024, it is being released to patrons, member of my pa- members of my Patreon, excuse me. Uh, at three o'clock today so in an hour's time uh, my patreon is five pounds a month so if getting on this tour uh is is um something that you're interested in it might be worth it i would say because this one generally um but it sells out it's sold out for this year and it sold out really quickly there you go plug ended other than to go to britishhistorytours.com to have a look at the full itineraries for all the tours that are available now yes gareth and tracy Yes, exactly. So um, it's going to be fantastic. Actually, this, I've just mentioned Kate McCaffrey. This uh, year, the Private Life of Anne Boleyn Tour, which is a, which is a different tour to the Anne Boleyn Tour, it, this one follows with the backdrop of the 1535 Summer Progress. It looks into the, the early life of Anne, the run-up to, um, well, around the, the time of the progress where everything is happy and she's in the ascendancy, and then what on earth happens? You know, by she's on progress in the summer of 1535. She falls pregnant. 
by the middle of May, 1536, she's dead. Um, it's just an endlessly fascinating um, uh, story. But the private life of Anne Boleyn Tor, we're going to be looking more and more into Anne herself. And Kate McCaffrey will be speaking to that group at Hever. Um, because if you think about it, the Book of Hours is one of the most private, intimate objects that Anne Boleyn would have owned and that we have access to now. Um, so it fits perfectly. Um, so, yeah, um, if you want to do um, uh, the Amberlin tour next year, anyway, like I say, the tickets go on sale to patrons and to everyone else next Wednesday. So if you're not a patron, don't worry. As long as they've not sold out, the, pe- the tickets will be available next Wednesday. So History After Dark tonight, 8.15, we're talking about the 40 elephants um, or also known as the 40 thieves. This was an all-female shoplifting they began as shoplifters and we'll talk about that tonight where they went after that but it's an all-female crime gang that was based in London in the 19th and 20th centuries so they are the candidate for deceased git tonight on History After Dark uh, streaming on Instagram history.after.dark and YouTube History After Dark so Hopefully I will see you on History After Dark tonight. Like I say, 8.15 UK time. If not, I'll be back here same time next week. So one o'clock next Wednesday. And we'll be t- I will be telling you all about my visit to Worcestershire. Uh, sorry, I'll start again. All about my visit to Worcester Cathedral Archives. And of course, to the exhibition at Heber Castle about Catherine and Anne. Right, everyone, thank you for sticking with me. It's over the hour. So love you all lots and I will see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.